podcast, Mike's getting tipsy He drink a lot of beer and he drink a lot of whiskey When he's not doing that, probably watching wrestling Talking about the beers and it's so interesting Mike's on the line with Bill Alfonso End of the day, he be cleaning out the tacos No better podcast if you ask me Getting worked, you could leave off the last G Driving in your car, getting worked Slacking at your job, getting worked the DMV getting worked in the VIP getting work out getting worked getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work getting work getting work get getting work of the internet i'm mike this is getting worked if you're listening and hearing what i'm saying right now or you might be watching through this youtube device through your phone or your computer or whatever even the bathroom whatever you're doing however you're <laughs> getting this however you're seeing this or hearing this i'm back and one of the things i wanted to do is actually talk to somebody who was in the wrestling stratosphere there's a lot of podcasts out there there's a lot of youtube shows out there and we got to band together. We got to make sure, A, we're supporting each other. B, we're just marking out together. So I reached out to someone who I really stumbled across and then couldn't put down. This show is taking rising stars and matching them up with legends. This is a show for the wrestling fan and all of us. I wanted to bring him on today to talk about not only interviewing wrestlers, but starting a YouTube show, his love of wrestling, and just marking out in general, like I said. This, on this episode of Getting Worked, is the host of Rewind, Recap, Relive, Jonah. What is up, man? How are you? What's up, Mike? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, I appreciate it. I love being on the other side of the coin for once, <laughs> other side of the camera. So Absolutely. thank you for that. And yeah, Absolutely. I appreciate that. So you couldn't put us down, right? Is that no. true? The show is so good. And it's one of those things where there's a, there's a lot of wrestling on the internet. I'm sure you know. Tons. There's Absolutely, a ton of wrestling. Yeah. Podcasts, YouTube, journalists, journalists. If you're not listening, there's air quotes all over that word. Journalists in wrestling, which whatever. <laughs> and then I think there's guys like wait, you're, you and um, me. You're kind of bre- you're breaking up a. Wait one second. Okay, good. Sorry, you on my end. You were breaking up. I just wanted to get delayed. Okay, go on. Uh, no problem. So <laughs> there's. Among us all that, there's guys like you and me who are really just fans trying to express what we love about wrestling. One thing that attracted me to your show, where you're taking legends and rising stars, is you're approaching it from such a positive space. I I don't get the vibe that you're shooting, that you're looking for the dirt. Now, when you approach wrestling with that kind of a mentality, I always think that that comes from a deeper space. So where did your fandom of wrestling start? I appreciate you first off saying that because <clears throat> I, I would agree. Yeah, we're not, we're really not looking for the dirt. 
I would say I would really more, you know, advice getting thrown around from that uh, mm -hmm. veteran to to the rising star. So I'm really happy that you were able to pick up on that for sure. And I hope that I hope that uh, we express that properly to the audience as well. Um, and yeah, my fan uh, being a fan of wrestling for me started a long time ago. I'd say I was around six years old. Uh, yeah, I'd say I'd say six years old. And the first thing I ever it was the Undertaker and Edge feud. So I think around 2007. I believe mm -hmm. uh, you can maybe fact check, but, but yeah, 2007 and, uh, and yeah, I was just flipping through the channels. I saw Undertaker, I saw edge and uh, the edge heads and it was just incredible. It hooked me right away. And I always think that's such an amazing moment because I was literally just flipping through the channels. I think they might've been on sci-fi at the time and I landed on it. I'd never seen it before. Um, but I did actually, coincidentally enough um i'm when i say you know here from times square it's not it's not a work or anything we're actually I, i've always grown up a block away from times square and um and they used to have the wwf uh, restaurant here mm -hmm. i don't know if you remember yeah absolutely so, yeah amazing place i'm sad that i wasn't you know old enough to enjoy it but yeah but I didn't my appreciate dad it. yeah yeah. So my dad was in there one day and he saw Hulk Hogan and just, you know, I think I was two years old and it was Hulk Hogan, Vince McMahon, and they were selling Hulkamania shirts. And he was with his friends and he's like, you know, what's the worst that he could say? And he walked up to Hulk Hogan and was like, hey, can you sign this shirt for my son? Because he just knew at the time Hulk Hogan was huge, like an icon. So why wouldn't you, you know, yeah. just, I guess, banking on the fact that I would enjoy something signed by a celebrity when I was older. And yeah. And so we have I have that, you know, framed downstairs. And when I did become a fan, I realized how cool that was. I remember naive me in middle school wearing the Hulk Hogan signed shirt with his signature right across. Oh, like, man. Like, <laughs> but uh, but I, I came to my senses eventually. We got it framed, put it up. It looks nice. And, you know, the little wrestling dungeon like everyone I'm sure has. But, but yeah, so that's a bit more special, though. The fact that it has a little bit of wear on it. Like I, yeah. I rocked that. That was out in the world. With <laughs> the signature with the Hulkster running wild. wild. Absolutely. No, I risked it all right there. I could have, could have <laughs> lost it, but, <laughs> but I'm happy. Yeah. No, so that, that just worked out. And, you know, we have like the old hard rock WWF glasses and stuff. It's yeah. so cool. But, but yeah, so that's where my, my really fandom of pro wrestling started was around yeah 2007. And from there, it's been an incredible journey. I mean, I, you know, I think we all we've probably all spent our fair share of uh, time and money at autograph signings. Right. And just <laughs> been there. And at one point been like, man, this is, you know, this is crazy when you look back on all of it, <laughs> but, the amount of but, time and money spent on exactly line to get a signature from a dude who's not actually even that guy. No, <laughs> that's great. But, but yeah, so all throughout the years, all of that, all the signings, all the wrestling shows, yeah. uh, I've been to my fair share of WrestleMania is incredible. It was my middle school graduation present WrestleMania. So everyone around me, there was me as like that wrestling guy, you know, middle school, yeah. I had this phase. I went, you know, hair dyed, uh, nails painted, armbands, the whole thing. Jeff Hardy, huge, biggest Jeff Hardy fan. I remember my school wasn't exactly filled with uh, wrestling fans. So everyone always thought the arms were just broken rather than wearing the white Jeff Hardy <laughs> armbands. It was like, man, this kid breaks his arm a lot. But, but yeah, so that's where it started. And from there, it just kind of, it picked up and, uh, now I'm a, I'm a media major in uh, the city here in New York, and I wanted to couple my love for wrestling with, with that, and that's how the show really came about. I just had this urge, you know, the more I was around a lot of creative people at my school, yeah. I, I was like, I, I got to create something, you know, and I wanted to be with something that I love, which is uh, wrestling, a huge passion for it. So 
I didn't know what that was. And I kind of just sat down for a while once, especially with the pandemic, lots of time on my hands. So I sat down, I got to thinking, I watch a ton of the shoot, you know, interview. I mean, there's endless amounts, as you said earlier. Infinite. Yeah. (laughs) So I was like, how can I make mine just a little different? And, you know, not that those are are bad at all, the shoot ones, but I just wanted something that was a little bit different. And like you said, not really in a negative light, you know what I mean? Uh, Not really looking for those rumors or anything. Um, more looking to actually maybe even help somebody who comes on the show, like a rising star, if they get that piece of advice, they run with it. But yeah, that kind of sums up um, where my fandom started. For okay. Sure. So with focusing on going into visual media, because you said you came up, I'm assuming you went to school for media, for production, things like that. Yeah. Um, I'm entering my senior year now within the, in the pandemic. And um so yeah, I went for communication first, and then I, when I went to my four-year school where I am now, I coupled that with media, communication, and okay. culture. That's what I'm in right now. So. Okay. So when you decided to go into making your own content, choosing YouTube over doing a podcast, over doing something only audio, right? was that without a question, or was there a decision of, do I want to do visual, do I want to do audio, how do I want to approach this? Yeah, that's an interesting question. So many like years ago, I mean, I'm only I'm only 22, but you know, many yeah. many moons ago, um, I did have a show when I was like nine or ten years old, and it was like a, a YouTube show in the early stages of YouTube at that point, and uh, it was just like recapping uh, the week the weeks of wrestling. Um, yeah. I think Bret Hart just had his incident. Nexus was attacking something like that that time period, and uh, and I did my show then, and it was obviously video it was on like a you remember what a a flip cam was do you remember those oh, things yeah. it was like a white flip cam uh, i just don't see them around anymore but so yeah so uh filmed that liked it ended it though you know i didn't really I, middle school came high school now college so i didn't i kind of put it to the side but when i wanted to start this up again i thought back to that and realized how much i enjoyed that like i, I talk with my hands a lot um i like you know making some type of facial expressions here and there i think i come across you know from a uh, self-critical standpoint, I come across better on a camera than mm-hmm. uh, just purely audio. And I know that I like to watch things as opposed to just listening. I know a lot of people love podcasts now and, uh, and they are really good if you're, you know, on the go. I love doing that on the go in my car. But when I'm sitting down and stuff and relaxing, I, I really like to watch something. I love to put it on the TV or whatever. So that's where that came across. And I also did want to get in because there's a lot of um, camera stuff that goes on at my college, like camera production, as you brought up. So I wanted to learn that a little bit. So I got myself, you know, a camera. I got myself the lights, the whole setup. You know, green screen sounds cool to anybody, right? <laughs> so I was like, all right, let me throw a green screen. And then I got the whole backdrop. If you saw my setup, you know, it's like <laughs> from somebody who really didn't know a lot about this before, I can say that I learned, you know, throughout it, uh, which is definitely a beneficial part for me, uh, you know, learning that stuff, heading into to media in the future. So yeah, that, that was really why. Okay, absolutely. So then getting into you said you did a show previously yeah dealing with youtube because coming from the podcast side i only hear the stories about youtube whether there's a horror stories of dealing with with them promoting the algorithm working towards the algorithm we had a conversation about about explicit content versus non-explicit content yeah how much how much of a hassle or consideration is youtube when you're crafting what your show is going to be yeah so i think um 
when it comes to podcasts versus YouTube, if I had to pick um, like the one that just, and this is from no experience really going into podcasts. So I'm kind of just talking from what I know my side, like YouTube, but I think when you want no barricades and just the quickest way to upload content, um, you know, no, no roadblocks or anything. I think YouTube's the way to go because it's just so easy to create that account and put it up. Now, as you said, though, there are limitations to that. Um, you know, you can have like when you're promoting it, like I like to do a fair amount of advertising per episode. And I know YouTube, they came out with like Google ads in the last few years. I don't know when exactly, but um, they came out with Google ads and I know that they don't like explicit content. So that's where it kind of fails because there are a ton of YouTubers who have, yeah. you know, curses and profanity and then there's the others who don't and both are equally as popular but when you're smaller i found that it's best to kind of keep it you know pg for lack of a better term um definitely with that i think there there are uh you know advantages to both though definitely like podcasting i haven't really dove into that yet um one thing i would say with podcasting that kind of halted me is I see when everyone uploads it, it's like wherever podcasts are available, wherever you get your podcast, I think there's just so many platforms and I'm sure there is a tool. Uh, you can maybe tell me, is there a tool that, that just puts it on all of those? There is a few of them. Um, I'll be honest with you. I'm, I'm the gorilla podcaster of podcasting. I taught gotcha. myself everything. That's so awesome. Yeah. I, I upload to a couple things, but mostly, yeah, you got to keep track of a Spotify number, an Apple podcast number, your own website number. I'm sure with keeping track of YouTube, you probably get a much more concise view of what. Yeah. Yeah. I, early on, everyone still calls it a podcast. Like all my friends are like, how's the podcast coming? I'm like, good. But, but uh, you know, it just comes along with it. Like that. I think that's just going to be the new term, um, yeah. you know, whether it's YouTube or that. But after I uploaded like my first two episodes, I was wondering, should I put an audio version out? And then I just thought I didn't want to really split my audience up. Cause like you said, I'd like that one view count kind of thing see right. how i'm doing right now and then when i expand i'm sure that i will podcast is clearly the way of the future it seems like it at least right now um but yeah and then with the algorithm uh since i was on youtube then like i said it was like the early stages of, of both myself and youtube so i didn't really dive into it back then now i realize that yeah the algorithm is it's like a, a definitely a thing that you don't want to uh you know trifle with right, right. it's like you got to really learn how it works. I watch countless videos and then there's so much content infinite, you know, on, you know, how to be good at YouTube, get more views, this and that. And after a while, like once I found what I wanted, once I knew what I wanted to know, um, when it came to YouTube, once I felt that I needed what I had, what I needed to go forward. Um, I kind of just went from there. I like, I put the videos down for a little bit. You know, I think I'd learned what I needed to for the time being. And then, and then as time goes, I like, I watch, I try to watch at least three videos on YouTube, like every week just to stay up to date, you know, yeah. So I'd say that's where the downfall comes because you need to rely on this other service rather than you. I know you put it up on your own website, right? right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cause that seems, whereas I can put it up and when it comes to having an audio podcast, really, unless I disclose my numbers to people, my numbers are really to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can get a rough idea on Spotify or a rough idea on Apple podcasts based on likes, subscribes, things like that. But really YouTube, your numbers are just right there. Like there's no hiding behind it. Yeah. You. you can see your you subscribers. Be, you can yeah. see your views on every single video. Is there ever, do you ever have a conscious thought of that? Does that ever bother you? Is that ever in the back of your head? How much yeah. do the numbers affect your day-to-day 
just dealing with how you approach the podcast and how it affects your mental state. Oh, my mental state. Yeah, that's that's something to talk about. Mental state might be a little bit too harsh, but (laughs) no, I totally get what you're saying. You know, it's gotten to the point, you know, when you're when you have like a channel and you start something, it's really cool to watch it grow, you know, when you've created this concept. But yeah, I think the mental state definitely goes hand in hand with like, you know, you take your phone out and you're like, oh man, one new subscriber, refresh the page, refresh the page type of thing. So the numbers definitely, they matter in terms of subscribers, in terms of views. And I guess subscribers goes with that too. At first, when I was reaching out to these wrestlers, a fear was that I didn't want them to kind of like look it up and uh, this is too small, you know, even for, you know, whatever you're going to pay and mm-hmm. whatever the deal is, you know, if, it, if they feel it's on too little of a, of a platform, maybe they won't go for it. Um, or, or too little of an audience, I should say. But, but you know, after the first, I'd say, five or six episodes, I was like, all right, maybe that's not so much of a problem. I don't even think half of them watch it. You know, I, I try to include a link in to in, within the email so they can yeah. look. But, you know, I don't, th- I don't think it's really been that much of an issue. I just work on getting it um, more up because I know it's very transparent. So yeah. I definitely work on improving. And when an episode does kind of dip as opposed to going up. I'm like, all right, so I'll, I'll watch this video a few times over and, and see maybe what it was that they didn't take. You know, obviously some people are going to like, you know, an episode with a certain talent versus another one, right? If right. someone's in current events, that one's probably going to rise. So, so it's a lot of things to couple in with it being transparent. I, I agree with that. Yeah. It's a okay. great, it's a great point to make. Absolutely. So when, you're coming up with the concept for the show. You know we're going to YouTube. You know roughly what you're going to do. Your show has a very distinct look. Your show has a very distinct feel. Um, the same way you and I are different because of audio and visual standpoints. You are also yeah. you and I are also very different because just like my logo, I'm a guy with a beard, snapback hat, and a t-shirt. You seem to have found a persona, would you say, with the suit, the tie, the, the, the background is very clean. Whereas a lot of us in the wrestling kind of like stratosphere have a whatever kind of look you seem yeah. very prepared. You seem very clean. How much thought went into that? Definitely a fair amount. Like when I first, like I said, I knew that I wanted to create content for mm-hmm. uh, wrestling in some way. I didn't know what though. And that was what kept bugging me. So I kind of got into it and I was like, all right, rewind. And and I got some criticism because the name is kind of long, but I kind of just rolled with it. I was like, all right, you know, I actually got told by Lanny Poffer that that's a poem in itself. And I was honored to hear that from the po- poet master himself. But, but anyway, yeah. So rewind, recap, relive. I thought about it. I'm like, okay, what could this be? And so I was like, rewind, obviously you got to go with that old kind of eighties. And that's where this came from the whole get up with the, with the bow tie and that kind of like a, I guess a Bobby Heenan or like a gorilla monster, okay. you know, the old type of commentator uh, feel is what I'm trying to get out there. But then also when I upload the video, I put us, I put the people in like these little news boxes that you might see on whatever, whatever news you watch. And, um, and the reason I did that is because I wanted to get like a, both sides of it you know the relives that's supposed to be very current you know and i'm getting rising stars so i tried to merge that clean look with like that 80s look as much as i could and that's kind of what in what went into that um and yeah i you know at first i thought it was crazy like got the got the the suit got all the the equipment before i even really like knew the concept was going to be something i'd go forward with but but yeah it ended up working i really i like the kind of like persona like you said that i carved out i think it works yeah it does. Absolutely. It gives the show a distinct feel and it gives you as a host a distinct look the same way 
you look at Brian Zane from Wrestling with, with, regret, with uh, regret or all these yeah. other YouTube channels, when you have a familiar feel to it, it seems to bring people back constantly. So I definitely think you hit on that. With Thank you, yeah. that being the idea, uh, rewind, recap, relive, having a little bit of the 80s feel, you're doing, you're doing rising stars with legends. How do you pitch that to a wrestler, a legend that you're trying to get? How do you start with, with hey, I want to put you on a show with a rising star, or do you start with, hey, I want to have you on my show? How much detail goes yeah. into explaining the concept of the show before you ask for the interview? So that, yeah, it's a really good, that's a great question too. So when I first started sending out these emails, the header was um, invite to appear on a wrestling talk show, a wrestling online show. That's what I put. And I thought that was like really broad, you know, enough to kind of bring in anybody, um, any wrestler I reached out to, whatever time period. And um, so I, I said that, and in the email was, uh, let me try to get this. It was just, it was like, it was long, which was the issue. <laughs> I wasn't getting responses yeah. at first. Cause it was like, it was a paragraph explaining the show. Uh, the first paragraph I actually looked up like best ways to pitch to like when you're going up against, you know, celebrities, whatever. And it was like, congratulate them on something. So the emails, like if the, if I ever emailed like three wrestlers are all in the same room coincidentally at the same time, they'd be like, who's this guy congratulating me on like my gym, you know, like Bushwhack or Luke or whatever as his gym. I'm like, Hey, congratulations on that gym. You opened up five years ago, you know, want to be on the show or something, anything I could really get them with that. Yeah. They'd be like, Oh, cool. In a positive mindset. So so yeah, so that was the email. It was like, congratulations, love seeing you do this. Uh, I'd love to have you on the show, like blah, 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 blah. And I, and you know, out of like, and as we said earlier, um, it's no secret, like how do you get a wrestler on your show? You pay the money, right? So that right. just happens. You don't want to, as we said, go broke, but you know, that's just how it works. So the, you know, time is worth money. Everyone's time. Yeah. Valuable. Yeah. So, and especially right now. So yeah. I would reach out to them, but I wouldn't actually talk i wouldn't mention it in the email i wanted to like negotiate that you know what i mean and that was the mistake they were like they looked at this and they're like nah you know what i mean if it doesn't say right up front so then i changed the header to something a bit more enticing which you know mentioned the fee or whatever and then to, to go back to your question though so the concept was mentioned in the original emails and then i took it out because i just okay. felt it made the email too long and I was like, I just want you to be on this show. And then when we kind of got three or four emails going and we, you know, know that we have a communication, I didn't think that being on with a rising star or somebody a little bit more green than them would be a deal breaker once you've right. communicated enough. Uh, so okay. that, so yeah, the thought definitely went into it, a lot of trial and error, but I'm happy to say like, you know, after you fail enough times like yeah. at that, like after, you know. Like I sent a bunch of emails, I got one response from like 15 emails. And when I changed it, I started, you know, I started getting almost too many, right? You're, then you're like, all right, so that I've, I've figured it out. Right. People of the internet, I'm here to talk to you about our wonderful sponsor, Manscaped. It Here's the thing. Every single person out there talking about Manscaped is going to talk to you about the Lawnmower 3.0. Every single one of them is going to let you know that it's a third generation trimmer featuring a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce manscaping accidents thanks to Manscaped's advanced technology. It's the most guaranteed way to make sure that you got no nicks on your dick. 
it's going to be the most smooth shave for your balls with advanced skin safe technology. Now, when I say this motherfucker's premium, it's premium. Just like everybody else t- out there on the internet. Every other podcaster sponsored by Manscaped is going to be talking about the Lawnmower 3.0. But I'll tell you what. I want to talk to you guys about the formulations. If there's one thing that's part of my routine, it's my Manscaped formulations. From top to bottom, from head to toe, from eyeballs to asshole, ladies and gentlemen, Manscaped has me covered. It's become part of my fucking routine. I get in the shower, I'm lathering up with that crop cleanser, it's my hair, it's my body, it's my balls, it's my butt crack, making sure I'm clean from head to toe. You know, getting out of the shower, towel off, hitting myself up with that ball deodorant, that crop preserver. God, that feels good. Without ball deodorant, my day goes really shitty. If my balls are sweaty, I'm not feeling right. If I'm not feeling right, I'm not working right. If I'm not working right, I'm not recording this podcast right. I'm not bringing you wrestling right. It all starts with my crop preserver. It all starts with that ball deodorant. A couple spritzes of that ball toner. Man, that crop reviver, that's what keeps me going. That's a little bit of a spritz. Maybe I come back halfway through my day, hit a couple, little bit of dabbit dabs of that chap. That crop reviver knows the jam, guys. Get out of there, finish washing off, drying off. Next thing you know, hit the feet with that foot duster. Making sure, because I'm an old man. I'm coming up on 37 this year. I don't like to wear socks. I wear shitty shoes that don't require socks. But I got my foot duster. A little bit of that refined cologne. Make sure I'm smelling fine. Ladies and gentlemen, Manscaped has you covered. And you can go now to manscaped.com using my promo code getting 20 for 20% off and free shipping. Get your balls right. Get your body right. Get the foot duster on. Spray a little bit of that cologne. Be smelling fine. Smelling like citrus. Smelling like wood. Smelling like a million bucks. Manscaped.com. Get your formulations on. Everybody's telling you to trim your balls. Only Mike's going to tell you to rub something on there to make them feel good. Go to Manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with my promo code, GETTING20, now. So, with when you figure out the formula and you start getting these emails out to people, did you, I, I, I've had the same thing, but when, when you get the flat out no, when you yeah. just get the straight up like, who are you? What are you doing? I mean... <laughs> was did it take a minute when you got your first one did it did it shake you did it did it shake the show at all or was it just you know what fuck that guy yeah i think it was more like like yeah i definitely never took it personally because i think that's a big thing you can't do um because as you said their time's valuable and if they don't think that the audience is there if they don't think they're going to get their name out there and it's just like a little you know minuscule amount of you know screw it i get it you know and uh I think I started reaching out before the pandemic got really bad. So they still probably had their fair amount of bookings. And then of course, you know, I had my few who came back, you know, three weeks after I sent the email who I assume that happened, you know, that they were feeling the effect. So they'll take whatever. Um, But it definitely, it didn't shake my confidence, but what it did do was kind of have me go a different route, which was going towards promoters and um, bookers. Cause you kind of lose a sense of, 
confidence like at right. first you know when you don't get then you're like oh maybe i don't know what i'm doing uh maybe i go to somebody who's a little bit more experienced in this kind of area so that's what i ended up doing i went and um and i contacted a few different ones and then you know you reach out uh let's see the first one i reached out to they seemed like well the first guy actually was a singular guy great guy yeah. I uh, still talk to him. He recently, we, we lost connection, you know, in terms of keeping in touch. I'm sure he'll, he'll circle back as wrestling promoters always do, but he, um, a nice guy. Uh, let's see who did he, he put me in touch with Lanny Poffo, which is an interview I just released. He's a really nice guy up close and personal bookings. That was great experience. Um, then we moved to the second one. I reached out to another person and this was like all in like the same day. I was just kind of getting a feel for the people. Yeah. So before I went on to cultivate a relation with that guy, I reached out to another person who was really, uh, seemed like a great guy, put me in touch with the other guy who was, who was the person who was in charge of getting uh, his customers, people. And we talked for like, you know, three hours the first time, which I thought was a little weird, but I was like, hey, whatever. He's a conversationalist. Uh, after a while, I wasn't really doing much of the talking, but, but it was... Right. Um, yeah, so I was like, okay. And uh, and then, like, I think four more calls later, like, he was trying to, like, put me up with this, you know, he's trying to put me in, like, a, up with some random TV station in the middle of nowhere. It, it was getting, like, really weird. And uh, I think we had, like, you know, he was, like, dangling Tony Atlas on the line. <laughs> it was like, you know, I could get this guy. <laughs> That's how I imagine it. You know, it was, like, he and I here and Tony just in the middle <laughs> but uh, he has no was, idea he's a pawn uh, <laughs> with some youtube guys he's, he's sitting at home he's just reading a book his phone rings like hey you want to do it he's like sure why not i don't know why yeah. that's my tony, tony atlas voice works but, it works yeah gets the job done so yeah and then i'm like whatever so that just got really weird then mm -hmm. i saw of course the, then you're supposed to do this beforehand you know to anyone who's looking to start something up um, look at the Facebook reviews. I didn't, I kind of rushed into, it. I looked at reviews. I'm like, all right, I'm staying away. So kind of broke things with that. Then I went to another person who I go to a store here in Queens that has a lot of wrestling signings. And I went to the guy who gets them their people. Cause I'm like, all right, the guy who owns the store doesn't know these wrestlers personally. How does he go about it? Right. So I figured, and a lot of these promoters though, weren't really used to setting people up with like zoom, you know, anything like so that's kind of a, a weird thing to do and if, and that's where the concept comes into play i pitched it to that guy and he was like just don't bury the talent and i was like oh, i never even thought of that but like i'd never you know i'd never try to do that they're right. obviously the main guest on the show like when it comes down to it but anyway so yeah i talked to him and interestingly enough, you're never going to believe this. He had no idea that I was just talking to the other people, nothing, like different states and everything. And he goes, hold on, Tony Atlas is calling me, speak of the devil. Because that's the first person I asked for. Because I was kind of, that was a little bit of a jab I was going to do the other guys. But, but anyway, um, I asked for Tony and he was like, speak of the devil. And he called him from the supermarket. I'm like, damn, this guy's following me. Like indirectly, Tony Atlas on my tail. But maybe the other way around, whatever it is. But anyway, and then that, I didn't hear back. So after that, I just started doing it myself. And thankfully, I didn't hear back because, you know, the prices could just go, they could fluctuate so much. When you're yeah. doing it yourself, you handle, I'm sure you have, you know, a lot of experience when it comes to that. Like you just, when you do it yourself and you take control, like really good things could happen. And like I said, I learned better and I think I've developed skills from that you know that i could use yeah. moving forward so. absolutely and that's the thing too is when you get into talking to these these wrestlers and just really probably any celebrity in any walk of life i would assume whenever they get someone involved in us being in the zoom tech generation of doing this right. there's always going to be some kind of middleman somebody like we talked about like greg the hammer valentine probably doesn't know how to work zoom 
he's got to have yeah. somebody introduce him to it. That person's going to want to pay. So at the end yeah. of the day, it's like, how much is going to Greg? How much is going to this other person? And from where we stand, we eventually have to draw the line. Just, just as yeah. you did. Eventually, we can step around it. And myself, just like you, has found out you get much better results that way when you kind of grab your own art by the horns instead of waiting for someone else to do the middleman work for you. Exactly. Yeah. And I, you know, middlemen are uh, a great service and everyone's like, Oh, cut out the middleman. It's great. Cause it, cause it helps yeah. you out when you don't know anything, but when you've learned enough that like, if you do it yourself, you're going to lose that like nasty taste in your mouth from dealing with the promoters. And then, yeah, then you're, then yeah. you're on the right track for sure. Absolutely. So when you're setting these interviews up, the legends, obviously it's, there's, there's a formula there. You, you've, you've hit the, hit the method of how you're going to approach them, how you're going to nail it down. Yeah. The rising stars. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you could just throw a dart and hit a wrestler. That is really the way the internet's <laughs> kind of set up nowadays. Where do you get your rising stars? Is there? Do you have a talent pool? Are you going in certain directions? Are you just? Do you have a connection for that? What's the thought process behind who you get and who you want to put them with? Absolutely, yes. Yeah. So the um, for when I first. Uh, did my episode with uh, my very first episode with Buff Bagwell and a, and a wrestler named Corey Cooper. Yeah, he was. Uh, I actually know him from uh, my first college that I went to. So I only figured, you know, hey, I know this guy in person. First episode, don't know how it's gonna go. Would rather do it with somebody who I know. You know what I mean? And I, of course, I had in my mind like this is gonna be great for him and yeah. you know, great for Buff. Both gonna be a a cool concept. And you know, you could tell like if I, for example, like I'm I'm gonna release an episode. Uh, this Thursday from whenever this being filmed the 20th and um, it's with ODB and a wrestler um, out of Chicago named sky blue. And it's such a great episode. Like I like, as a fan, I love it. Like not, not even, I'm not trying to toot my own horn here. Like from there, it's, it's great listening to them uh, talk to each other. And I think that's where, where the concept really hits home is when the wrestler and the rising star really get to, to duke it out between each other. And uh, so with that first episode, I remember the time where I thought, like, okay, maybe, you know, this will go good, this will go bad, whatever. And I saw Buff giving Corey advice. And I was, and like, I could see it because I know myself, like, I'll look at the camera and I could see on my face when I was like, oh, like, I was very happy. I'm like, this is working, you know? Yeah. So that worked out well. So that was with Corey. And then from there on, uh, what I did was, like you kind of said, and, you know, not ashamed to say, I kind of just went randomly, you know, on Instagram and I was like looking for independent wrestlers. I wanted to go to a different state. Like I, I like to get them from all over the place if, yeah. if possible, because there are no limits with the Zoom, you know, the Zoom, like I'm 80 years old, but we got Zoom the, nowadays we got the Zoom. <laughs> Y'all back in the day had to call people up. You had to write a letter to book Jim Cornette. I can oh Zoom. No. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so I kind of at first I chose like randomly. I mm-hmm. now I'm ashamed to say I don't know the who the second person. I know the second episode, but I don't know who the second one that I reached out to was. But I reached out to like I sent out just ten emails, and of course the great thing about the independent wrestlers that you send out ten emails, you get ten back. You know what right. I mean? You send out to the vets, not so much. So, so I a lot of them responded, and that's kind of how I got my first like talent network. And um and from there, what I've done which makes the process a little easier on me, especially when episodes are coming up so close to each other is I kind of just, Hey, you know, thanks so much for coming on the episode. Do you have a friend who may be interested too, a friend yeah. in wrestling? And that's what I've done from there. Uh, that's why a lot of the episodes, like I uploaded uh, one with Mike Swanson 
Tony Cheney and uh, Big Dom, who's nine one son. And they all uh, know each other pretty well from like the, the New Jersey wrestling scene and probably yeah, Philadelphia too. And then the ones that are coming out now, it's a lot of wrestlers out of Chicago. Uh, one who's wrestling, I believe in Minnesota right now. So they all kind of, they all knew each other as well. Okay. So they're kind of, they're grouped together, but that's how I went about it. Yeah. And I think, it, I think it worked out pretty well. I've learned, I think the coolest part is learning about all these smaller promotions that I knew nothing about, you know, before that. And now I'm learning about, you know, the rivalries. always see advertisements that they post for them. Now they're on YouTube. Some them and it's that's a really as a wrestling fan that is awesome you know what i mean yeah. you know a wrestler like five six seven states away be like oh yeah i interviewed that person now they're making it big in chicago or minnesota or whatever so that's always the that's, best is getting to see somebody to start off and then going to see them do really really cool things yeah absolutely yeah, yeah. there's somebody zicky dice i love yep. him to death I remember, heard about him because one of my good friends lord crew and him were in a new japan camp together and he came back and was like, hey, man, you got to see this guy with the magic gimmick. Zicky's gimmick used to be doing magic tricks. He would have the, the right. cards come out of his mouth, flowers appear, things like that. He still kind of does it, not so much. But then to see him go to NWA, win their television title, and now that guy's ascending above wrestling. Like He's got a Twitch channel that goes every day of the week. He's yes. building yes, himself exactly. up into something. And to see somebody rise is one of the coolest feelings doing anything related with wrestling is getting to see somebody when they're not so big and getting to see them make those upward motions. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. That's I'm looking forward to that. You know, 10 years from now, I'd love yeah. to see where some of the people who I've interviewed are, you know, one of, I think I don't want to, uh, you know, say anything wrong. I think just only one person I've interviewed so far though, has been on uh, AEW dark. And that was cool hearing about how that experience went. That was Mr. Grimm. And he's a, a lot of people actually, I, there was a documentary done on him, like a, small documentary on YouTube that I found when I was doing research on it, but he yeah, he's a great guy. And then, you know, like we said, 10 years from now, who knows, right? Yeah. When you're pairing these guys up. Yeah. What's, is, is it, is there a thought process of, okay, I'd love to have this type of legend and this type of rising star. Mm -hmm. Has there ever been a situation where you thought two were going to work together and then it had to change it? Or has there, has there ever been any yeah. incompatibility? So there's, um, Let's see, I'll phrase this because uh, there is a one episode that I, I really don't want to give away who the guest is, mm -hmm. but it's definitely the biggest um, incompatibility out there, I'd say, on YouTube. And okay. yeah, it's, it's really, but for obvious reasons, though, and you'll know it when I upload it. Um, and I hate to leave it on like a cliffhanger, but that's just a, but I'll say both people really got their stuff out there, which was the great part about it. Yeah. Uh, it just, the concept didn't really mesh well. Um, and there's really none that I could speak to that I think, like, ever, like, I never was like, oh, like, crap, that went horribly, you know what I mean? Right. But, but putting them, there's definitely some that worked better than others, for sure. And, like, I always joke about the fact that when I had um, Philly Mike Swanson, it was in, like, my early stages of doing the show, and I knew he was, like, a hardcore guy, and then I got the boogie woogie man, Jimmy Valiant. And I was like, all right. I said, you know, let's pair them together. And, and couldn't, so I couldn't be more different, right? Right. And uh, like the 70s brawler and, you know, deathmatch Philly Mike. And so they, they got together. I think that, yeah, the concept worked. It was, it was different. You know, boogie woogie trails off when he wants to. But it, was, it worked, right. though. It was, it was cool. So from that point on, I was like, okay, this contrast, maybe, maybe they don't have to be similar. Maybe the contrast works just fine. You know, maybe it could be drastically different or incredibly similar. 
And I think I've seen cases of that, like New Jack and Dom Truex, both, I mean, right. New Jack, you know, reputation speaks for itself when it comes to hardcore and Dom is the son of 911 ECW legend there. So that meshed really cool. I loved that episode. I really, I remember afterwards saying to both of them, like, this was fantastic. Like you guys got the, and, and if someone asked me before if New Jack was going to be the one that really like locked on to the, uh, like out of everyone I've had, if New Jack was going to be that one that locked on to the concept, I don't know what I would have said, but he, he really did though. He did. He totally rocked it. And he's such a cool guy. He followed the page yeah. afterwards. He's a really good supporter. His book yeah. is fantastic. I, you know, I hate to plug him, but um, I'd love to plug his book though. Please. Uh, hardcore memoir. Uh, what is it? Memoirs of a, the Hardcore Extremist New Jack. Definitely a good read if you're looking for a book probably butchered the name but you'll find it look up new jack book amazing book check book that's all you gotta do just go look up new jack's <laughs> book you'll find it i'm sure if you go to his page you'll find it there's a picture of him shirtless signing all of them so you'll enjoy that yeah <laughs> what a guy when you're dealing with somebody like new jack you're dealing with like you've had raven on yeah these people who are more known for saying things off the cuff, saying things controversial. We talked especially about with you dealing with YouTube. Um, right. When you, when you know, when you sit down, you're going to say, you know what, I'm going to have new Jack on. What are there? Do you take precautions? Do you have like a talk <laughs> to him? Is there like an <laughs> outline down. or do you even just, is, I mean, it's new Jack. So are you just kind of like, it's new Jack. I can't do anything. Yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think with someone like specifically like New Jack, it's great, or even Raven, anybody, it's great to just let them be themselves because that's like that's how you're gonna get the great content, you know? That's how you're gonna get the greatest stuff. Um, so no, I really just let them do whatever they want. Like on that episode with New Jack and Dom, like Dom, I think beforehand was like, you know, he like when we were just sitting there, just he and I before New Jack got there. He was like, you know, I'm not going to be doing this on your show. And he was smoking, I think, his bong. And I was like, no, do it. Like, I'm sure New Jack would like, why not? You know, like, totally. Yeah. So that episode's like New Jack, you know, talking about the him reenacting the Rodney King beatings with uh, Ricky Morton and, and the uh, infamous OJ Simpson promo. And then Dom's just over there, you know, smoking away. So that I'd consider that episode like a little little R-rated compared to the rest. But uh, right. it's, it's great, though. Um, when it comes to that, you know, all it takes is a little you know lowering when they whatever they say you know if they if new jack's cursing a lot just take it out a little bit because yeah that really does i've learned mess with the advertising um yeah mess with anything really like it halts the progress in general i think when youtube sees that there's just a lot of profanity a lot of inappropriate stuff but that new jack new jack has i think that might be one of the most successful like ones up there so far so it's kind of funny how that works out but totally let them be themselves um I would say I like to do that. Raven, Raven really grasped on the concept. I felt like I was sitting in on one of his uh, seminars. Like when he was in there, he was giving the guy advice on his, um, on his gimmick. He was giving Tony Cheney advice on how to evolve yeah. from what he is. It was really, really cool episode, but totally. Yeah. I, I let them be themselves. That's how they got to where they are now, you know, with that brash personality yeah. of just saying whatever. So why, why um, censor that? And that's funny. You bring up Tony Cheney. Cause I think his, his uh, gimmick is the delivery boy. It, yeah, I think it was. He might have changed it now, but I, okay. it, well, I think he's. I think he's La, La Capa Grande. I, I made of a Capa Grande. I could be. It sounds like a Starbucks drink. Well, I, it might not be. It might not be La Capa Grande. It might be something else. But he's he's the boss, I believe now. Tony Cheney. Yeah. I'm just okay. Not in Italian. I, I, I thought there was just like a big. He's a big cop. He's La Capa Grande. He's the biggest <laughs> officer in the force. He's the big La, guy. La Capa Grande. La Capa Grande. No, so, yeah, yeah, go on, go on. Oh, no, I was gonna say when you when you get somebody like the delivery boy Tony Cheney, is there ever 
has there been a moment where anybody's questioned where the where the legend has questioned who you were bringing on so that's interesting yeah so um i think the when i go into characters that i've gotten on the show the funniest one to me in terms of just like outright like wow like that's who i'm getting it was a nacho clown a really talented performer like we talked about wrestling for so long he's such a he's such a great guy like on the phone we talked about it and um and he's he's a really talented performer he does a couple different characters where he is and i was like all right nacho clown he was actually that was funny because i was supposed to have who was coming up lanny poffo was coming up and somebody did not want to do it with lanny poffo and i was like okay like i don't know what history you have with him but that's fine um, so I had to kind of scramble to get somebody quick. Like that was like, that was the only time that that last minute kind of, uh, okay. you know, came into play. And, uh, what is it? That pressure, you know? Yeah. So, so I scrambled and I found, um, somebody, I did a little research and I found a promotion called uh, premier pro wrestling out of Chicago. And, um, I was trying to think of who runs it. I forget, but anyway, I found a performer who does that and he had his phone number list and I was like, this is the quickest way. And I looked at a few of his things. I was like, this guy, he could work. So, and he, and he's the one who I actually ended up pairing with Hornswoggle NPK on our okay. most recent episode. Yeah. Really, really great guy. Great speaker. And, um, great episode, he, thank you. I appreciate yeah. that. I really, I think Hornswoggle, that was a good, I love when the concept is really grasped onto, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he couldn't do it. So he gave me, he actually put me in touch with Sky Blue, who then got paired up with ODB on this upcoming episode. And she couldn't do it, obviously. So then uh, they put me, so Nacho, he texts me. He's like, you know, the Notch, you know, I heard you need someone to fill in. Can the Notch to like step in? And I just started laughing. So I'm like, Nacho Clown, this is going to be fantastic. And I'll say, so yeah, long answer to that question. Well, a legend has never really said anything to the person they're getting teamed up with. And I thought it was kind of funny when Lanny first joined, I don't think it's in the actual episode, but Lanny's like, have I ever, you know, have I met you or something to Nacho? And Nacho's like, I think you'd remember me. <laughs> you know, like, it was, I thought that was great. <laughs> He's been like a clown wig and like makeup and everything. But right, anyway, like, have I met I'm, you before yeah. the clown guy with Nacho in his name? Never. Yeah. No he, two. <laughs> he tells me that in, um, I don't know if it's a secret or not, probably not, but he gets a lot of like, uh, he gets a lot of criticism from a lot of the legends in the Chicago wrestling scene for portraying a clown um, and, and some of his other personas. But so far on my show, none of the legends have ever been like, oh God, like, no, you know what I mean? They get yeah. there, they do whatever. And it's, yeah, they have a good time. So I'm happy to say not yet. Awesome. Well, hopefully never because yeah. what you're doing right now Pairing these legends together with his rising stars is fucking amazing. I love watching every episode of it. I really appreciate so, that. I, yeah, go on. Oh, I was going to say, so with that bringing so much together, because I do a concept where I take wrestling from a whatever standpoint. Exactly. I look at it from, I want to talk to you or whoever I'm talking to about what you're most excited about, what you're into, what you're working on. Whether it's, you know, Zicky Dice talking about his Twitch channel, PCO talking about his, his weekly Instagram. That guy is awesome. You've got you've to talk to him sometime. PCO is such a good dude. All right. I would definitely keep it in mind. Even to you with doing your concept of legends and rising stars. It's the matter of pushing that passion forward, I think, that's going to keep growing your audience and anyone's audience who really approaches it with that. Looking to the future... Is there, are, are you playing 
a top yourself game or do you play like how how long of a game are you playing with your concepts who you're shooting for where you're taking the show how far out are you thinking and planning knowing that you have such a tight concept right um so i've definitely thought to the future when it comes to something like on a on a smaller scale like how like who how do I release the episodes and who, you know, who, when, like, mm-hmm. I have a few people who are more involved with like the current happenings who I've had on who, you know, you maybe wouldn't classify them as like legends yet, but definitely veterans yeah. in the business. And uh, so, you know, like right now I have a few episodes pre-recorded, quite a few. So I like them to stay timely. So I've kind of stopped for the time being for the next few weeks. Cause I'm, if I mention something, I'd like it to come out relatively around the same time. Yeah. The, the end game though, when it comes to, you know, the episodes I have now and then onward, I'd like to go as long as I, as long as I can, I definitely would say I like to play a, a top myself game, like who I could get, you right. know, like, I, you know, I don't want to insult anyone's uh, stance on, you know, their draw status or whatever, but my first one w- was buff Bagwell. And then I mentioned earlier, I think I've said it a few places now, so I'll say it. I got Jake. The snake was another person who I haven't released yet, but that's going to be awesome. And I have a few more surprises definitely up my sleeve. Uh, that one, that i'll say this the one that i was talking about um that i mentioned that was kind of not too compatible the two people i don't think there is an interview with that person uh yet former world champion i haven't seen a conventional interview i'll say yet um one in america so i'll leave it at that but but yeah so that was he was that that was uh interesting but going forward yeah i like mm. to yeah yeah think about that yeah i'm, but, I'm gonna be thinking <laughs> about that one for a while um but anyway going forward i'd love to just see how long i could take it like i'm having a really good time when i think about it too it's kind of cool because you know like when you're a big fan you don't expect to be interviewing like that's uh that was probably one of the biggest struggles at first was doing the interview you can't mark out you know what i mean you gotta you you feel the same thing right like the worst thing ever like you want to talk to these guys and you want to feel like chris farley and those old like (laughs) biscuits are like remember that time when you when you put that dude through a table that was so cool dude i I watched that so many times but you got you got to be like okay i can't just like talk to you about the same fucking move over and over again but yeah exactly like you can't mark out with these guys Absolutely not. And yeah, you want to act as professional as possible. You want to keep the image of your show. You don't, cause then, you know, wrestling is such a tight knit community. The wrestlers themselves, like you don't want them to go. Yeah. Oh, no, don't do that. That, that guy's a more like, right. you don't want to go. Yeah. So it's from like a reputational standpoint, but also just from yourself, you know, you want to, you want to keep your composure. So that was, that was a big challenge at first for me actually. But then when I actually got into the episode, like with Buff Bagler, I remember, um, it went from like not wanting to mark out to just being like a little nervous being like, all right, talk like you're the host, you know, <laughs> like say something, you know, just yeah. wanting to, cause they've been around the world, you know, they have that reputation, but going forward, I'd like to just see how, how long I can, you know, make this last, um, see where it goes, see how it grows. I'd love to develop like, uh, more obviously have a wrestling community, the audience of the show. Um, I like the, the giveaway. I love to give back. We do, um, weekly giveaways the guys have also been really cool with that uh, yeah. and the and the women odb they all they've given a lot of uh, a lot of stuff for the giveaways which is really really nice of them to do and i love to give back to my audience so that's that's where i was going with that but yeah moving that's why forward, you should watch jonah instead of me guys that's why you should. <laughs> he's gonna give you stuff you're getting free shit i'm just getting drunk he's gonna be the one giving <laughs> you guys stuff watch him don't listen to me 
Now imagine a combination. That's that's something. I'll get drunk. You give stuff away. <laughs> I'll just make fun of whoever gets it. <laughs> um. So yeah, but definitely top myself game. Uh, I'm excited to yeah. see where it goes. Awesome, awesome. So moving forward, obviously. I would never ask you to show your hand from, from, from one content creator to another. Yeah. How far would you say your guest list or your, your, your dream list go? I, I know at least from a podcaster standpoint, I have a dream roster. I have episodes I want to do, yeah. concepts I want to knock off the list. How close, and actually I'll rephrase that. How All close right. to when the beginning, if you would have made a dream list, to now, how close are those two concepts? Would you say that you're going Ooh, where you approached, where you thought you were going to go, or are you exceeding that? Right. Um, I would say that. Oh, let's see. No, I won't. I, I want to give there. You know what? I'll, I'll say. I'll release. I'll release one name. One name that was awesome. Awesome yeah. to have on the show was uh, Godfather. We filmed an episode with ah, sick episode. He was. I a can great imagine. Guy. Like incredible oh my god it's so cool um to have him on and he tells great stories obviously and and with him so close to the the whole undertaker retiring obviously it started us off for the summer sometime around then right mm -hmm. and now we're we're so deep in that we're getting stories of the tales of the dead man which was a few weeks ago um and who knows what they'll do next with it right they're really they're milking that as hard as they can the undertaker's yeah. retirement or, or lack thereof whatever this it may one, be this retirement this retirement yeah <laughs> I watched so, Shawn Michaels take a bump last night on Monday night. Yeah, yeah. So nobody's retired. I'm sorry. Nobody's gone. If Ever. Shawn Michaels takes an RKO, sorry if I spoiled Monday night. I'm not sorry. But yeah, no, nobody's <laughs> retired. Sorry. No, no, you're right. Um, and yeah, it's good for, like, I don't know. I, I have such mixed feelings of that as a wrestling fan, you know, when they bring back the old stars because you yeah. want to make them, you want to cultivate. And they admitted it recently, right? Like, they rely too much on their old stars. And that's, I feel like a lot of, you know, when you have, like, what is it? Somebody recently said this. I forget who on one of the, I think it might have been Raven. When you go to, like, a like a show, you want them to play the hits, right? Like, something like that. So, right. you know, when you go to a wrestling event, it's amazing to see the talent they have on display. But it's such a cool experience if you're there and, like, Stone Cold comes out. You know, you hear that or, the, or yeah. you know, something like that. Absolutely. So it's just it, – it's, like, mixed feelings, like a double-edged sword. But anyway, going back to that, Godfather, amazing to have on. That was somebody who I definitely had on that dream list who I wanted to check off just because I know that his stories go, like, leaps and bounds past a lot of guys. Like, he's been through so many uh, – so much important, you know, so much important times in the business and just – all of like what you hear, like BSK, you know what I mean? Yeah. He's just, he's such a cool performer, such a cool image that he, that he's kind of cultivated. So that was there. And I also wanted to see how he acted with the concept. I thought that was going to be pretty interesting. So that's, that was checked off. My dream list is too big for, you know, right. like I don't, I don't see it coming to fruition anytime soon, but my dream list like, is not going to work because half of them don't speak English. So unless somebody, <laughs> unless somebody gets the great Muda, like a great translator, I'm, I'm <laughs> I love that. That that's the I'm calling that greatest line of this podcast. The great mood I need's a great translator yeah. for sure. Um, but yeah, yeah. So the, my if I had to pick one person to have on the show, there's actually two, and one I reached out to, and it was kind of just like, like not right now. But it was uh, Mick Foley number one. I think he'd be incredible with the concept yeah. and his story, like amazing. You know, I think he'd rock it. 
and uh, Jeff Hardy, just from personal, like, I, I want him on the show. Like, I think he'd be amazing. Yeah. A cool story I have with Jeff Hardy is uh, at this past WrestleMania, not this past one, the one before that, the actual mm-hmm. WrestleMania. Um, the last real yeah. WrestleMania. That, <laughs> yeah. wasn't, that, that, that wasn't from your studio exactly. that you guys own in Florida and is about the size of a parking garage. No, from WrestleMania. Yeah, it's a shame, you know, but... But uh, yeah, the real WrestleMania, we went and it was the first time I was taking my girlfriend to kind of turned her into like this wrestling, like my wrestling fan, you know, sidekick, but really, you know, not side, you know how it goes, but, but she, you Everyone's know, got to have a partner. I got, I got a girlfriend exactly. who, kinda, who got into it. Luckily mine jumped in. Mine's super in. My girlfriend is so into wrestling. It's I, yeah, I would, I would say that at first it was more like, you know, like, I, I've heard her say, you know, I watch it because, of, you know, he watches it. Now, it's kind of like she's got her shirt, big fan of Thugonomics John Cena, which was awesome. Can you imagine that? She becomes a fan of Thugonomics John Cena and makes the appearance at that WrestleMania. That was sick. Right. But we went to that mania since it was in MetLife. And um, and we went at, like, oh, my God, 5 a.m. This was the earliest signing I think I've ever been to. It was a Jeff and Matt Hardy signing at the WrestleMania Superstore. Uh, in uh, New Jersey at the stadium, like a day before mania. Yeah. And she did my face paint up just like him and everything like really good drew the face and everything. And it impressed Jeff so much that when he was going, like when they arrived, he like stopped and I have the video and everything. And like, I have like me and like a little group of like five or six fans just surrounding me in like this circle, just like, like just eyes wide at Jeff. And he's like, there's a face somewhere in there. You know, he like, he like goes like this over the face, like there, you know, He's talking about like demons and how like, and then he just starts bowing down and then he's like, come here and we just hug it out. Like it was such a cool experience. And, and they caught it on WWE, like the little documentary they did for WrestleMania. Yeah. So like I'm in that getting hugged by Jeff Hardy. Coolest experience of my wrestling fan life. You know, it was incredible. And, and I do, I owe that all to my, to my girlfriend, just getting her into it. It helped with that a lot. I couldn't have done the face paint. Couldn't have. She's artistic in that way. So, but anyway, um, Great experience there, and that's yeah. I need Jeff on the show. That's a dream right there. Well, may come to fruition. We're gonna make sure we help make that dream a reality. So if you listen to this episode, oh, I appreciate that. Tag Jeff Hardy. Just point him in the direction of Jonah's show. Whether you're watching <laughs> this on YouTube, you're listening to an audio podcast of me. Go to his page. What's the worst that can happen? We had a conversation at the beginning of this that sometimes I just got interviews because I decided to put my nuts on the table. The worst thing that they can do is say no. That's what was so great about having you on the show today was talking about this and the fact that the same way I feel is how you feel. The fact that if you reach out and you try these things, the worst that can happen is somebody can say no. But if you reach out and try these things, amazing things can happen. A stoner drunk dude can make a podcast (laughs) like getting worked with Mike. Someone who has their shit way more together than me, (laughs) like Jonah, can make a show like recap rewind relive i'm sorry to say it wrong it's rewind recap <laughs> you know it's re- funny it's gonna sh- I, I went like this i looked up and i was like did he say it right or wrong it just it gets mixed I had to up look behind sometimes. you and i looked it's down fun. at my notebook i was like i said that wrong but this has been amazing there's nothing i love more a than talking to somebody about wrestling and then to have you on and to talk to somebody who comes kind of from the same cloth but you're in a different style of it it's almost like we're like one's a painter one's a sculptor we're kind of working in the same medium but we're kind of on different yeah. sides of the same coin so i love that this is yeah awesome. no it's been really cool i i appreciate you having me on um this is you know 
like for the show for rewind recap live i love like getting my get like i'd never i don't think i'm ever going to go in that direction of you know sitting down for an hour and like talking about wrestling just me like i'd love everyone loves to get themselves out there right and get their shit in but I I like to kind of put my guests out there and like see what this. So this was really cool. This is a cool outlet to kind of talk about this and just you know even whoever finds it interesting, that's awesome. I'm, yeah. I'm glad. But um, but I just loved getting it out there just to get the story. You know what I mean? And meeting you has been it's been great. So thank yeah. you, really. No, thank you, and definitely want to have Jonah back on again. So make sure you guys go follow him. Tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, so you're going to find us um, everywhere at Rewind, Recap, Relive, as Mike put it out. Well, you guys actually can't because he's putting on a podcast. But my background says Rewind, Recap, Relive. Uh, so, yeah, Instagram, Facebook. We're not on Twitter. I know Mike is. A lot of followers doing Twitter well. But uh, but we are not on Twitter. But, yeah, and, of course, YouTube. Check out all of our uh, videos that we have up so far. And totally subscribe and enter the giveaways, weekly giveaways. I don't know who doesn't like free wrestling shit. So please come on by. Yeah, seriously. So come on by, check it out. And yeah, thank you, Mike, for having me. And I would love to have you on as well. Uh, definitely have do a collaboration with that. So your listeners could definitely see you on our platform as well and see you in general. Right. <laughs> So first is that time, a face reveal? <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna find out. Your YouTube followers are gonna or your YouTube views are gonna find out real fucking quick. If you take a deep dive, you know it's because because <laughs> of me. But this has oh been God. awesome. And of course, I'll come on anytime. Hopefully you'll be back on here anytime. I look forward to having you and speaking to you more. So make sure you guys go follow this. Make sure you go check Jonah out, check out his show, follow him on YouTube, subscribe, leave a review. Give some support to those out there supporting wrestling, whether it's the legends, whether it's the rising stars, whether it's yeah. somebody giving away free shit on YouTube. It's all <laughs> supporting wrestling. If we all love it and we all support it, it can only get better. Exactly. Maybe we get things like we got this year. Maybe we won't get retribution as a storyline because they don't know what to do in WWE. Maybe they'll start writing. Maybe they'll start creating because he's creating. I'm creating. I appreciate that, Mike. Yes, as well. you are. Yeah, you guys are creating. <laughs> anybody, and anybody out there, um, I'm going to speak for Mike here, but I'm sure he's fine with it. Anyone out there who is you know, a creator, a wrestling page, just starting up or, or seasoned, reach out, please, to either of us. You know what I mean? I'd love to collaborate. Absolutely. Big wrestling collaboration in the future, for sure. So if you guys are out there, reach out. Do it. There's a new generation. We're part of it. If you're going to be part of it, jump in. The water is fucking amazing. Follow yes. Jonah. Follow me. This has been awesome, man. It really has. Thank you again. Is that it? Are we are we we done seeing everybody out? I guess we're done now. See you guys. <laughs> Did I cut it short or no? No, no, no. Oh, we were done. Okay. We got drunk. We marked out. We'll see you next week. This is Platinum Max. Signing off. Getting worked. There's no G in yet. Except for the first G, of course. Driving in your car, getting worked. Slacking at your job, getting worked. At the DMV, getting worked. In the VIP, getting worked. Out, getting worked. Getting worked. Get, getting worked. Getting worked. Getting worked. Get, getting worked. Getting worked. Getting worked. Get, getting worked. Getting worked. Getting worked. Get, getting worked.